Welcome to the number one cookbook podcast, Cookery by the Book, with Susie Chase. She's just a home cook in New York City, sitting at her dining room table, talking to cookbook authors. Uh, my name is Joey Campanaro. I'm the executive chef and owner of the Little Owl Restaurant, and I'm a partner at Market Table in the Clam with uh, Chef Mike Price, and I'm uh, an author. Uh, my newest cookbook is called Big Love Cooking. For more Cookery by the Book, you can follow me on Instagram. If you enjoy this podcast, please be sure to share it with a friend. I'm always looking for new people to enjoy Cookery by the Book. Now on with the show. So coming from South Philly, did you think it was inevitable that you would get into cooking? It was absolutely inevitable to get into cooking and being in South Philly. It's one of our jokes. Like, um, you've worked in a restaurant at some point if you're from South Philly. The restaurant business in Philly is just, it's a part of culture and a part of life. And it's like that everywhere, I think, but so much so in Philly that it's all interconnected as well. So some people that I work with now used to work at the same restaurant that I worked at in Philly, and we didn't even know each other. So in 2006, you opened your dream restaurant, Little Owl. And my son, who started high school this week, used to go to PS3. And we walked by Little Owl every day to and from school. So tell us the story of the space, and can you describe the iconic building and your darling 10-table restaurant? I'd love to. Um, So I was working... Uh, at a restaurant called Pache down in Tribeca. And the owners of the restaurant decided to close. And so I was going to be out of a job. And my wife at the time, Paula, had a friend who lived around the corner from where we are on on Bedford and Grove. And she was walking by and she saw that there was a for rent sign. And I had just lost my job. And so I was kind of in a depression. And she was adamant that I would call this number. And even if it was 11 o'clock at night, she was like, call the number, call the number. And so I did. And that was pretty much how I found this place. I had no idea that it was the Friends building. I didn't know that a 10-table restaurant would be able to change my life and touch so many people's lives in such a positive way. It's a magic place. And I just really love to be here and and how wonderful it is to celebrate it in this book. Um, Couldn't think of another title that would be more perfect to describe how it feels at this restaurant. And now that the restaurant's upside down, it's the entire thing is it's inside out. <laughs> and you 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 get to a place where, you know, been here for 14 years and have never seen it like this. And it's actually more special. You know, I've been in the West Village since 1996, and I can't honestly remember any of the restaurants that were before Little Owl. And Calvin Trillin wrote basically the same thing in the foreword. Little Owl is so iconic in the neighborhood. There's also an homage to the neighborhood. Um, It's called the Little Owl because of the Little Owl that's on the, the roof across the street from the restaurant. Okay, so we need to talk about that house. 17 Grove is for sale right now. And they just reduced it to over $8 million. And the taxes are $54,000 a year. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? Um, And I never noticed that little owl until the other night. So tell me the story of how it caught your eye. I always thought I would be an architect. It just never panned out that way. I get to draw the interior and I get to design my restaurants. But I don't do it just like like an architect would, but <laughs> it's really fun to be able to, to express my vision on paper in the language that the person that's going to see it all the way through understands and actually appreciates. And I think that also inspires really great work. And, and I think it has to do with, you know, paying attention and, and keeping your eyes open um, to create something that 
is timeless and uh, that makes it more special. You know, it's a 350 square foot dining room that feels like you're on a movie screen. It's really about celebrating the, the, the space and the location. I think since you're a neighborhood person, you really knew what we needed in terms of restaurant and cuisine. It's a really interesting demographic that I think you only understand if you live here. It's also so great to visit because when you get to feel like you're a part of it, then it creates this crave, right? Like for for instance, we're doing a happy hour at the Little Owl for the first time in the history of the restaurant. And it's a, um, a Spanish tapas theme. And so it's two for one wines and one dollar tapas. And I'm getting to meet people that I would never meet before to see how, you know, after 14 years, how this is a brand new restaurant. It's magic to, to be a part of that, Susie, and, and to see how it's, it's a new beginning it's a new birth. You know, what the restaurant is to somebody at nine o'clock on a Friday night can be the exact same thing to somebody else at 3 p.m. on a Tuesday. You know, the restaurant business is is, is old school. Hospitality is has been around. You know, it's one of the first businesses that ever existed. So that's an addiction to me. I, I just, you know, it drives me. And to be surrounded with people that feel the same. So Monday night, my husband and I went to your restaurant for our anniversary and had your famous meatball sliders, the other addiction. Um, so in case people don't know, you are the meatball king. Can you describe your meatballs and what makes them so special? And they're in the cookbook. Yes, they're they're in the cookbook. So the first time we made this dish was, I was actually at Pachigate which is now Mr. Chow down in Tribeca. And we put them on a bar menu and no, no one would order them. So the staff ended up eating them each night. Um, and then that restaurant closed and the, and the owner, Jimmy Bradley, when he, when he sent me out on my own, he basically said, whatever you do, put those, put those meatballs on your menu. And so I did. And the next thing I know, they were on the cover of Bon Appetit magazine. Oh my God. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, you know, this is the intention is to create a place where people can feel comfortable eating with their hands, right? So it's a little slider and there's no bun that you can buy to replicate the dish. So we make the buns. It's a pizza dough recipe mixed with roasted garlic and pecorino romano cheese. And I really love the salty sharpness of the cheese. So it's a blend of beef, pork, and veal. And I use panko breadcrumbs, chopped parsley, salt, pepper, eggs, and the secret ingredient. And this is a tip from my grandmother. Her name was uh, uh, Rosie Bova, and, and Rosie would say, you want to know why my meatballs are so moist, Joe? <laughs> and I would say, why, Mama? And she said, because I put water in it. And that's the secret ingredient, is adding H2O to the mix when you're mixing the meat and the eggs and the cheese and the breadcrumbs and the parsley. Uh, you season it with salt and pepper and that pecorino romano, and then add cold water to the mix. And the meat has to be cold. The water has to be cold. So we're moving this meat really fast. It's cold. It's There's fat, there's water, there's stuff to hold on to, and then we form them into golf ball-sized uh, meatballs, put them on a tray, and then stick them in the refrigerator and get them even more cold. Then we get a hot pan, and we individually fry each meatball. After they're fried, they come out. We strain that oil that we use to fry, and you're left with a lot of brown bits. So then we fry the meatball. We strain it. We get those brown bits. Now starts a whole new process in the same dirty pan. We add olive oil, garlic, onion, fennel seeds, and chili flakes. Fennel seeds. Yes. Yeah. Now, I'm going to get into the fennel seeds in a minute. This is called like a, a it's a sofrito, right? So it's very aromatic and, and the onions are cooking and the garlic is cooking and, and the fennel seeds are toasting. 
At that point, we that's when we add in the uh, tomato. We use uh, San Marzano whole peeled tomatoes. We rinse the can out with water and then pour that water in. And this comes to a boil, and we really make this intense tomato sauce. After about an hour of simmering, that's when we put it through a food mill and remove all the seeds, and that you know crushes any of the onion. That's when we add in the fresh herbs, the parsley and the basil, and so it releases all of their all of their aromas into into the tomato sauce, which is about to be called gravy when we're through with the process. So after it goes through the food mill, that's when we add the meatballs back into it, and then it just continues to bubble and percolate until it's concentrated and rich and delicious. So the fennel seeds is because one time. My grandmother, Rosie Bubba, was making her Sunday gravy. And the sausage store in Philadelphia, which was called Fiorella's, was closed. And she wasn't going to have one of the main ingredients in her gravy. And so she thoughtfully replaced the Italian sausage with fennel seeds. And I was like, that's brilliant. She wanted to achieve the flavor that she would get for her typical Sunday gravy from the sausage. But she couldn't get the sausage, right? So she rolled with the bunches and added a little bit of fennel seeds to the gravy. And it's so unique and defining for me because I don't ever see people putting fennel seeds in tomato sauce or gravy. That thoughtful move on her part was something that was very inspiring to me. So I've heard you say that you plan your menus around women. Is this true? Yes, 100%. How come? I think women pay attention to what they're eating. There are things that are more important to their experience than it is for men. I think men do appreciate texture and thought in final dishes, but I I think women notice it. So I, I actually find gratitude when someone notices something unique, whether it be texture, flavor, temperature, timing. It's all very important. The photos in this cookbook made me so happy. Just seeing people in the restaurant gathering, eating and laughing, it felt like it was like a lifetime ago. Um, how are your restaurants in the neighborhood doing? business is swift it's very dependent you know on so many things and the major thing that it's dependent on is something that none of us can actually control which is the weather so the spirit of this neighborhood and this city is evident at the little owl i counted and it i think if i'm right you have more tables outside than you had inside yes i feel like you guys are i hate to say killing it right now during covid but you know i went by the clam mid pandemic and there was a line out outside. And I I think you're doing the best you can. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, there's consistency in, in our effort. We're building this team right now with people that want to work and they're doing what they want to be doing. And there's a focus to it, which we just celebrate every day. Well, I have to tell you, our waiter the other night, um, his name was Jordan, and he said, you're a big hearted guy. Uh, well, that's nice that he said that. Is- <laughs> he's been such a wonderful addition to the team and and you know he came on board after the shutdown it was like opening a business with somebody that i didn't know um he didn't know me and we connected on on so many levels like when you work with somebody and you don't bump into each other it's kind of like not stepping on toes on the dance floor there's that synergy to the work it's electric it makes the hours go by a lot quicker too because it's it's fun (laughs) Now to my segment this season called Last Night's Dinner, where I ask you what you ate last night for dinner. 
<laughs> I had a bacon cheeseburger at the Little Owl. Did you have fries? I didn't get fries with my burger. Um, when I order a burger, it's, they they know how I order it. I don't I don't get all the stuff. I just get the bread, the meat, bacon, and the cheese, and then I'll put hot sauce on it, or sometimes some sliced jalapenos because I like it spicy. So I, I got my burger, and I was actually talking to a guest at the time, and the server said, "Your burger's ready." And then I asked the guest if I could sit and eat my burger with him. He said, yeah, "Patrick with his two two little dogs, they're adorable." And so. Um, he was gracious enough to let me sit at his table and I ate my burger there. But at the same time, there was another table with two girls behind me and they had French fries. And so I was walking by their table and I looked at their French fries and they were kind of like looking at me like in an inviting way. And I said, can I have some of your French fries? (laughs) (laughs) And so I started eating their French fries. And it was like, you know, I had a burger at one table and I had French fries at another. That's big love right there. That's right. So where can we find you on the web, social media, and in the West Village? Yes. In the West Village, I'm at the corner of Bedford and Grove. Sometimes I'll mosey down to Hudson and Leroy and hang out at the best seafood restaurant in Manhattan Clan. Or, uh, you know, I'll run down to Market Table right on Bedford and Carmine. Bedford Street is my lifeline. <laughs> and then online, uh, uh, Joe Campanaro on Instagram, Little Owl NYC, Big Love Cooking Book. And I want to like, put things online and get right from the book and then share the results on, on this page. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Well, thank you so much for sharing your big love and thanks for coming on Cookery by the Book podcast. Thanks for having me, Susie. Please say hi next time you're at the Little Owl. Subscribe over on cookerybythebook.com. And thanks for listening to the number one cookbook podcast, Cookery by the Book.